Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. We are recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios in Ankeny. As a reminder, if you're looking to upgrade your vehicle, whether that be a brand new Chevy truck, maybe a Chevy Malibu, or even a certified pre-owned vehicle, check out Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny, exit 90 at The Rock, or you could always head out west of Des Moines to Stewart, Carl Chevrolet, Stewart. Carl Chevrolet here in the courting in the Carl Chevrolet studios. We just got back from the tailgate tour stop, the first stop of the year uh, down in Audubon. I'm going to be joined by the Cyclone Fanatic interns to kind of recap what we experienced out there, what we heard from Jimmy Pollard, Matt Campbell, Steve Prohm. Both of them talked to the coaches on their respective beats as well, so we'll get their, some of their thoughts from that as well. What's up, Connor? I'm doing great. It's a uh, long drive out there. Yeah. I haven't been, haven't been out there in a while, so yeah, it's a, fun. It's, it's quite a ways out there, all the way out in God's country, so <laughs> uh, yeah, that was nice. But Didn't get to see Albert the Bull, though. No, didn't see Albert the Bull. We were at the, what's it called, feed, the Feed Mill restaurant? Feed mill. Yeah, yeah, the Feed Mill restaurant, a new place in Audubon. Who would, uh, yeah, the booming economy in Audubon, Iowa, you know, is a, that was a nice place. But uh, first, we talked to Jamie Pollard today, and kind of the main thing that he was focusing on, or that the questions that he was asked were focused on, was sports gambling. And I thought it was kind of interesting, some of the things that he had to say, just the where they're really in wait-and-see mode of seeing what kind of impact this could have. Obviously, the, that bill still has to get signed by Kim Reynolds at, at some point here before it will go into law. But uh, I think you can tell that they're really putting some thought into how they're going to react to things once that law is put in place. Yeah, I think you have to uh, with something like this, uh, with, like just with how media – and things like Spark on Twitter and social media like that, you have to look at how it's going to go and where and what direction it's going to go in. And then at the same time with all the collusion going on mm-hmm. in collegiate sports, you know, who's going to be the first team to take advantage of it and try to gain an extra step on everyone yeah. the wrong way? Yeah, and I don't even know if it's really like that because, you know, especially here in the state of Iowa, you're not going to be able to util- – I mean, they're not going to make any revenue – off of of sports gambling you know but I think the the toughest thing for them is just making sure that you're able to avoid any potential corruption you know and I think that's the the main concern that anybody has about this right now is just what you know what could the impact be on athletics in general not really even just college athletics but I think it's going that's really where it's going to be interesting to see how do these do the individual schools have to do something to kind of combat this or does this become an overarching thing where there's some sort of governing body in the state of Iowa that's going to kind of be the watchdog on this? And that's something that I thought that Director Pollard made a good point where Iowa State is not a, you know, they're not a gaming commission. They don't have anybody that works there that has that is in a position to be out there regulating sports betting and that that's what I I just think it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with this here, you know, in the in the next months, you know, maybe eventually you could see them hire somebody that will really be focused on just, you know, keeping an eye on this, keeping up on you know the education that players are gonna need, and 
yeah, I mean, I, I just it, I think it's everybody's just kind of in uncharted waters to an extent. And you don't want to be that first school to screw that up. Yeah, is the thing is, I think that's what he was saying when you know slow playing it is they're just being really cautious about what they do because it's such a new thing. Because I mean, it's coming back in a way, but mm-hmm. it's also new in this day and age. Move your microphone up a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, the, no, maybe not that close to your mouth, but yeah. Right they, there. Yeah. They, that sound better. Yeah, that's a little right. better. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, with him, it, he's – I don't even know how much he's probably even paid that much attention to it. You know, he's got a lot going on. Obviously, they've got the two construction projects going on. That's another, something, another thing that uh, was brought up today where he said that the construction fence is up at Jack Trice Stadium. If you go up there, you obviously can see that. But there's not going to be a whole lot of stuff going on above ground. And I think until probably a, a year from now, yeah, you're so really not going to yeah. next summer probably. Yeah, is yeah, when you're really going to start to see anything of note. And I, I, th- I think that's going to bring the question of what kind of impact is that going to have on, uh, on getting in and out of games. This is obviously probably one of the most anticipated seasons in. It might be the most anticipated season in the history of Iowa State football. And I, I'm interested, yeah, again, I'm interested to just see how they're able to, you know, navigate that with, you know, one of the most important entrances to the stadium is going to be pretty heavily blocked by the fact that they're trying to do all this construction. Yeah, and you, you would probably relate, you might disagree with me on this, but I think it's going to only impact, because I was never one of those fans, but it's only going to impact those who arrive to the game later or mm-hmm. want to come in later than everyone else and they want to leave early to beat the traffic that is the one game too they're the one gate where you always see people backed up yeah that northwest oh, yeah. gate there's always tons of people because there's waiting always to get tons in of right stuff at the game. over there yeah you know yeah. and it's that's like the place to all the parking lots are right there there's just so much crowd uh mm-hmm. flow that they don't want to walk around the stadium to get in it. and sometimes you know that's going to be your best way i wonder if they're going to change the spirit walk or anything like that you they might have to, depending on how much construction. Yeah. Like. I mean, I'd have to see how it's all configured, but that I do think it that'll be something that'll be something to keep an eye on. It kind of goes like all the way down that, you know, that line. Mm-hmm. So that might. Well, and he said too that, it, you know, if, you, if you're trying to go from the football building to the Jacobson, you got to go all the way around. And yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That may be something that we should have asked. Now that <laughs> now that we're sitting here, um, was there anything else interesting that you thought Jamie Pollard had to say? No, I mean it, he was pretty. There's not anything know, too crazy. Yeah, there's nothing too crazy to talk about right now. No realignment or new coaches or anything like that. The all sports standings, big. Oh yeah, big deals in the all sports standings. Yeah, right? he talked about that a lot on his podcast that he did with Chris a couple weeks ago. That was always a big thing when I was writing in the sports editor at the Valley newspaper was the all sports standing to see what school had the biggest sport. And I hadn't heard anything about it until this year in Iowa state. And I was like, wow, I feel young and old again at the same time. Yeah. I did not know that it was caught a, me so off. Guard I did not know that was crap. a thing to be honest. Well, especially with some schools don't even like have all the sports. So like, yeah. what are you? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what he said that they, they should finish third, but there's two sports left and they don't have either yeah. one of the sports. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I was, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's like a cool thing. But uh, I feel like if you win, then you can be like, hey, we won. Yeah. And our state, obviously, is as close as they've ever been to winning. But uh, It's only relevant if you're doing well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, talk to Steve Prohm. I think the, the big thing 
that I took away from talking to him is that with that last scholarship they have, they are very much focused on being able to add a, a, a guard who can score and is going to be immediately eligible. I mean, he basically completely shut the door on the idea of getting someone who won't be able to impact the team next year. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. He, that's exactly what he said, and he's pretty blunt with it. I mean, they need a guy who's going to come out this season and be not only like a supporting role, but be another force on the team. So, like, what he said, he wanted another guy who wants to, he wants to average double digits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a big ask for this late. In you know, in my head, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't know where are you at on that. Do you think it's like plausible to? Yeah, I mean, I have think, that right now. I think it's plausible, uh, and the fact that he said it that way, knowing that they had. Rasheer Bolton on campus this week, the transfer from Penn State averaged 13 points per game or whatever at Penn State as a true freshman. The fact that they still had him on campus, it makes me think that they're somewhat confident that they would be able to get him immediately eligible. I don't know what the specifics of that situation are. I really don't know anything about it. Uh, I know that that's been floated out there, that there's the potential for that. And if that's the case, I mean, I know Rajon Tucker, you're missing out on him. He goes to Memphis over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you would have liked to get him. But if you can get a guy that can come in as immediately eligible, already averaged 13 points per game in the Big Ten. I think that's I, just yeah, as good. Yeah, that's almost Most. just as good. That might even be better. You got three yeah. years left with him. You know, I mean, that's, that's a cornerstone type guy, not just a guy that you're bringing in to, to plug and play for one year. Yeah, and I don't know if they'd have him on campus as like a backup option in case they don't find that guy that's immediately eligible. But, yeah, like you said, I mean – there's probably a good chance that he gets it. I've seen so many hardship waivers been granted over the past, you know, I guess year and a half or so that I haven't seen many get denied. And it makes me think like, hmm, well, and you, maybe they're being a little more lax on their. Well, I think you, I think too, grading. you can't, like you can't, I don't know how, how you can hardly even judge whether or not someone will get one because it seems like the, the way that, you know, that they judge it is so weird. Like, you see a guy whose mom is sick, and he won't get one. But then, like, Tate Martell goes to Miami, and he does get one. And It's definitely case by case, and you can't tell, like, the guidance of the rules. Right, and that's what I'm saying with the Bolton thing, where I don't know enough about the situation to be able to say this is why he would get it. And so I don't don't know. Even if we did, there's no telling that he would. Well, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I feel like the – the way the rule was spelled out was that if it is the thing where you're going back closer to home to get back with family or something like that, you almost automatically are going to get one. And then you've seen, I think, a couple times this year where, you, where some guys have not gotten it. And obviously there wasn't a coaching change at Penn State. Rashir's from Virginia, so that couldn't really be in play. I don't know what that situation is. And so, so I just – I don't know what, what that entire situation entails. But like I said – the fact that they are putting so much focus into, um, into getting, uh, getting an immediately eligible guy, but then they're still focused on him makes me feel like they're pretty confident that they would be able to get him. I don't think they would be doing any of this work. If, or they're pretty confident they'd be able to get him eligible. I don't think they'd be doing any of this work if they didn't feel that way. Yeah, and I think once they do add him uh, – If, if they add him. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, if yeah. they add him. Uh, if they add him – I think a lot of the fans, you guys are going to see uh, stuff online about Iowa State stock rising. I've mm-hmm. seen Memphis today. 
I've seen Memphis like four or five times on random polls that Memphis is also bringing in like a top five recruiting class. Yeah. Though, so I mean, that's, that's just, uh, I mean, they've got the Penny, yeah. Penny Hardaway effect in full, full. That's yeah. I steam ahead right couldn't now. think of his name, but yeah, you're exactly right. They're, they're going to be something to fun, something fun to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, lastly, Matt Campbell, uh, not a ton going on there. He couldn't talk about the Michael Petway or Justin Bickham the two graduate transfers that they uh, have committed and are expected to, to come on campus this summer. Uh, but they do, I think, have one open scholarship remaining. So, and he said that they're not necessarily done, but if they could find one more good fit, then they might bring somebody in if they can find the right guy. Yeah, that'll be interesting uh, to see what they want to look at uh, for that class. I mean, it's winding down here and yeah it's getting closer so well it would be interesting i just don't know i mean what would be the position i think that would be the best fit maybe offensive line like if you could get one more guy that's a veteran type offensive lineman but i i don't know what other spot there would be that it's like yeah this is a no-brainer that we're going to bring in a guy here yeah i think i think you hit it on that i mean obviously you cover recruiting a lot more than i do but i think offensive line is definitely where you want to go with that because I mean, you've looked at Iowa State in the past, offensive line status, and not to say it's the same staff by any means, but there's always seems to be bad luck and there seems to be a lot of injuries. So you want to, like, mm-hmm. put that depth there because you, you have to fill five spots. It's the biggest unit on the team. Right. So you want to have a lot more depth there, and I think that'd be a good spot to go. For sure. All right, I think that was kind of the rundown of the interesting things those guys had to say. Oh, and, and also – uh, I think you can squash any potential of Mi- Steve Prohm to Michigan rumors. <laughs> uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that there's absolutely no way that that would happen. Uh, all right, let's talk about Bill Fenley. You talked to him. I wasn't there for that one. What was kind of the overarching message he had for you? Uh, I talked to Bill a lot about last week's uh, USA team trials that Iowa State sent some players to. Uh, they sent four of their starting five from this past year, Alexa Middleton, Kristen Scott, um, Ashley Jones, and Madison Wise uh, down to Las Vegas. And they had an Iowa State, complete Iowa State team, play three, a three-on-three tournament. They went two-and-two two in pool play against uh, some of the best teams in the nation. They uh, UConn sent a team. I know uh, Oregon might have. I know DePaul did. Uh, but it was like 16 of the better schools in the nation for women's basketball. So we touched on that a lot. Um, How'd they do? They went 2-2 two and two in pool play, and I think they played one or two more games after that. But, you know, that's uh, yeah. it was more about the experience for them, and I think uh, the three uh, returning players from that group got – I mean, they got what they wanted out of it, and uh, they got Alexa Middleton. He talked about, too, uh, it was good to have her go and play some more. Just they're trying to get her a professional contract, basically. What else is um, Bill up to right now? Is he just – are they recruiting? They're going around a lot. Uh, they yeah. went down to Frisco, I think. They've gone up to the northeast. Uh, it's a lot of recruiting in places where they're going to tournaments to see, you know, people they're recruiting. Uh-huh. But, you know, they could be going to Texas to see a recruit from Iowa. Yeah. So there's no telling, like, who they're recruiting. Obviously, they can't talk about right, it much. Right. But they're going to the tournaments and getting around. This is their little two-week break, I think, for the tailgate tour, though. Yeah. Uh 
Did he have anything else else of note? Uh, not much other than, uh, yeah, the uh, three girls that went down to uh, play in that Vegas tournament the week before finals, you know, that just showed they're uh, completely committed to, you know, playing basketball. They like playing basketball, and they got to get better and wear some Team USA stuff, so. Cool. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll bring Jacqueline in here and uh, talk about some wrestling here in just a second on the Cycle Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to the Carl Chevrolet Studios. What's up, Jacqueline? Hello. You ready to talk some wrestling? I am ready to talk some wrestling. Do you enjoy your time in Audubon, Iowa? Yeah, nice little town. Nothing like a restaurant and a gas station and... You know, it's a really warm day for my liking, but yeah, nice little road trip for CF gang. Uh, what, what did Kevin Dresser have to say? Kevin Dresser is just enjoying the off season. He's been busy recruiting. I think I reached out to them to try and get in an, in an interview with him and he was already gone. And I think it was like the week after nationals had ended. Um, but right now they have a lot of exciting stuff going on with their, uh, the Cyclone Regional Training Center. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked a lot about that today. Uh, If you go to their Twitter, they put up some videos. Um, They're currently building a Cyclone Regional Training Center house. Um, So Where's that at? It's in Ames. Um, What it is is they're building this house um, to give um, alumni wrestlers opportunity to live in it. Yeah. Um, right now they have Kyvin Gadsden living in it is what he said. Um, him and his family just moved in. So it's just a way to get their athletes a way to live for free basically is what he was saying. Um, it's in that fox catcher mold. You know what fox catcher is? <laughs> no. Oh. oh, no, we won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> okay. did you like, what else is going on then? Do they have anything going on with, like, the current guys? Like, what, what do they want to see from the current guys uh, going into next year? Um, so, with the offseason, I know the guys got just a small break there from before they pick back up uh, to train for the spring, summer. Um, so, I think right now they are just kind of hanging out. The guys get Probably a small home. break. Yep. Some of them, yeah. Yep. But once that picks back up, I think one of the biggest things was just getting guys into the weight room. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure through CRTC practices and training with some of those guys, they're really just trying to get these guys just bigger and stronger, probably shift some weight classes around, I'd assume. It feels like they should be able to make some sort of a jump in year three. I mean, you get like David Carr will be eligible to wrestle. Yes, that's Uh, very exciting. Like you get some of those other guys that are that they've had that are high level recruits just get a little bit older. Am, like, am I wrong in thinking that year three could be the real breakout? No, I don't think so at all. I 
Um, when I first started covering the team, I said, you know, I give it five years at most before things really blow up. But mm -hmm. then after watching them this season, I could see year three really being just like a monumental year. I don't know about monumental. I, I let's not quite go that far. <laughs> like, I think it's going to be a great year. Yeah, it could be a great year. It, that, let's not let's not blow expectations up too much. <laughs> it, it could be a much. They're not going to. I mean, they're they're much improved from where they were when they didn't win a duel. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, like, like they love talking about, I mean, they qualified nine guys, mm -hmm. which is a huge jump from one. So clearly they're showing that things are changing and they're seeing results. Um, but I mean, the staff always, they, they are never shy to tell you we're doing well, but we're not where we want to be. They didn't have any staff changes this year, did they? Nope. Still just Metcalf and St. John and Dresser. So is there anybody else that's well, joined? Well, Okay, yeah. what's up? <laughs> Willie Miklas is now okay. on staff. Is he like a volunteer or is it, what, what's the, that? He's the grad. Okay. Uh, That's what Kyvin was before though, right? Yes. Yeah. Is Willie going to be in the training center too? Yes. Willie, um, he, I asked coach about him today and he said, you know, Willie's being Willie, just fun, energetic, um, very loud person. So, I mean, he was already kind of coaching and mentoring these guys before he graduated. So I don't think that'll be a huge difference probably for the guys but I mean Willie's doing what Willie said he wanted to do and that was to be a coach mm -hmm. so how many guys do they have in the training center right now do you know um I don't off the top of my head um I mean Kyvin's obviously the main yep, one but for sure there I think I can think of two right now but I can't think specifically too much about it um I know I can tell people that Dresser and I have been talking about doing um, a big piece on what the Cyclone Regional Training Center is and giving a more in-depth look behind the scenes of what's going on there. So any questions people have, they will be answered. Cool. All right. Thanks for talking about wrestling with me. Thanks for asking about it. They are headed on the tailgate tour tonight to Council Bluffs. Here, I'm going to pull up the full schedule. I think that we're planning to have people in knoxville next monday they'll be in sioux city okaboji fort dodge clear lake throughout the rest of the week you can look up the full schedule there on cyclones.com i know it's all over twitter as well so uh thanks to carl chevrolet presenting being the presenting sponsors of the carl chevrolet studio we'll talk to you guys again soon peace